Welcome to the Returning to Joy podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Michelle Leonard. Here, we're leading people to cultivate joy through storytelling. We hope listening will reveal pathways to unlocking the healing power of connection so that you can see your relationships and the world around you transformed from fractured into flourishing. What's up, beloveds? I'm, of course, so glad to be with you. And in this series, we've been talking about Sabbath stories, embracing rest in a restless world. This recording is loosely going to fit into that theme. Um, As you know, I went on a month-long sabbatical back in July, and there is this theme around light that um, got exposed to me while I was on sabbatical. So I'm going to uh, find a way to fit in what I'm wanting to talk about within this uh, realm of Sabbath stories or this theme of Sabbath stories. But bear with me. I know it's a it's a loose fit in, loose fit in, but still deeply encouraging and still something that came as a as a as a revelation and as as hope and encouragement to me. And so I'm passing that on to you. Okay, so I have to backtrack before actually July and I got to go back to maybe February. Um, back in February, I had the the pleasure of going to this retreat center called Lady Lodge because of an organization that I was doing work for. They wanted me to experience this retreat center that they had. So I went to it and there was a singer songwriter that was there as the resident artist for us. So maybe on the first or second night, I'm introduced to John Guerra because he begins to sing for us and invite us into a space of worship with him. And I had never heard of him before. This was my first time hearing of him or meeting him, and I will not forget him um, now. But this before this one particular song, he describes it as a sonic prayer, if you will, inspired by some of the pain um, that him and his family were walking through, but also the pain that they were seeing in the world, in the political climate, racism, injustice, poverty, things that are going on with immigration. There was this deep cry in his heart going, God, we, we need you. And, and, and would you let a little light in? So he begins to sing this song for us called Let a Little Light In. And I want to read for you just the first verse by which it begins. It says, I am blind. I am caught. All I see is all you're not. None have sinned to deserve this. Work of God now begin. Goes into this prayerful plea, let a little light in. My heart is in a panic, God. Let a little light in. This panic induced by darkness. It ends up ending with this incredible bridge that is, you can tell it was this encouragement to his soul. He's choosing this of believing, surely I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And we know where that comes from, right? Because of some past episodes that language comes from. And so that song, because of the place that I was in, and, and similar wrestles with the pain and injustice in this world, I found myself so 
uh, identifying with that heart cry and plea. I recorded it. I recorded him um, with my phone on video, recorded him playing this song. Um, it wasn't even released yet. And so I didn't post it anywhere. I'm so bad at regularly posting on social media these days anyway. So uh, his song was safe with me, but I recorded it and I, I still felt like the Lord was speaking to me. You know, those moments when you're like, dang, that felt for me in some way, or there's something significant about that. I tucked that in my little back pocket, if you will, and I kind of move on. I want to say it was either that same night or the or the next night I am in my room in this it's really crazy. Like it's like this kind of cabin, nice cabin. This place don't do um, unnice things, but it's a nice cabin that's like overlooking this river. And the night previously, and that's how I know this was night two. Bear with me, but I know this was night two because the first night that I was there in this cabin, I was and I was trying to go to sleep. I was trying to figure out how to turn off. I, there was this like strong light that was in my cabin and I couldn't, you know, get rid of it. I realized it was like a security light. Well, it wasn't until the next night that I figured out, oh, that's something that I can actually turn off. There's a switch outside of the cabin. And so this particular night, I had turned off that that switch. Hopefully you're still tracking with me. I had already heard him do this song, um, let a little light in, whatever day it was, but just not this exact same day. But this this time I'm going to sleep and I think that I have officially turned off the lights that could disrupt my sleep. And so I'm going to sleep good. I, you know, if you know me, you know, I sleep good. I appreciate it. And so I'm, I'm asleep. All of a sudden I find myself woken up in the middle of the night, or I don't know how early in the morning it is. And I'm rubbing the crust out of my eyes, kind of annoyed because there's this light glaring in my face. And I remember thinking, dang it, I thought I turned the security light off. Like, did someone turn it back on? Did it, does it just come on no matter what? I'm like, I thought I, I could have sworn I clicked the switch and I should be done with this. But then I have just enough of an opening in my eyes to begin to see that the window directly across from me, maybe a little bit kind of northwest side of my room, if you will, is open. And the moon is crazy big. You know, we are up in the hill country, so it makes sense. But the moon is crazy big. And the light from the moon is coming across these hills, these canyon hills that I can see coming across the hills over the water and it's hitting my bedroom window. And then the light, I cannot make this up. And then the light is literally has this direct path towards me. It's hitting me in the face because I'm sleeping. I guess the position that I had found myself in is I'm kind of sleeping off to one side of the bed and my head's kind of tilted. And so I am in the direct sight of this moonlight and I think when I checked, it's like maybe 5 a.m. or something like that. And when I realized that the moon, I've been woken up by the moon. One, I'm like, I'm tripping. I'm I'm tripping out. I'm like, who gets woken up by the moon? But in that moment, immediately, you know, you just, I, I just embrace the stillness of this moment. I'm going like, oh my gosh. And I'm remembering that song and the fact that I had recorded it on video. So I pull up his, I pull up him playing that song. I, I've kind of fight the urge initially to take trying to capture a picture of this because I'm like, no one's going to believe this. The moon just woke me up. The freaking moon. But, but I nonetheless, I 
I do take one picture that I do not regret and I will try to maybe when I put this into some sort of blog, I'm going to include that picture because you got to see it like it's not even edited. It's just crazy. But I end up taking this. Um, I take my phone. I take the the photo and then I play his song, the video um, of him of him playing. And I turn my phone face down and I just listen to this song again. But this time literally in the direct path of the moon hearing hit this plea let a little light in would you let a little light in my heart is in a panic don't keep me in the darkness let a little light in work of god begin begin let a little light in and this promise of surely i will dwell in the house of the lord forever and the glory of the lord and just this this plea of like, and, and the glory of the Lord shall be present, shall be there anyways. And so Paul's, you know, hold that moment, powerful moment. And I'm just feeling so, you know, those moments when you're feeling so special. And I just think it's maybe it's that. Well, now let's fast forward to I am in Portugal. So this might have been like day 21 or day 22, something like that. And I had been consistently trying to fight the urge to I don't know, hear something profound or figure out things or get clarity or get understanding. I just I just felt like, no, I'm done with that. If it's going to come, it will come. And so I was trying to really lay that aside and just be, um, be with God, like be restored. Anyways, I'm in this hotel and it's this it's this palace like hotel. It's in Lisbon or Lisboa. And I am only there for two nights. And when I tell you the price for this hotel is like the price of like a best Western in America is so trippy to me. Um, but it's incredible. It's probably the it was not probably it was the most luxurious hotel I think I've ever stayed in. And like when even in your bedroom, every room has a scent to it um, because this place used to be, I'm guessing, like where some like spice trade was happening in Portugal. Obviously, there's some like uh, heavy history to that. But um, every room has a spice scent, if you will. And it's this Victorian decoration, French doors, steps down to your bed. And this one particular night, I had just experienced a, a fado dinner with, with incredible um, Portuguese music and port wine, which is my favorite. And so I am feeling incredible and I am finally back in my room. And then there's, and then I notice there is music playing outside of my door or playing, you know, not too far, maybe a half a mile away from me. So super loud enough for me to hear there's this incredible instrumental music. And so I have all of my French doors open and then there's this patio and the breeze is, is coming through and I'm hearing music. I feel serenaded. It's incredible. Okay. Let me get off of that. Um, it was a great, it was a great experience, but at some point the music stopped and I was ready to create the conditions for total darkness, like total and complete darkness. I I was like, I am feeling, I am feeling amazing, and I am super tired. I am uh, going to make sure that all the all the lights are out, and I sleep good, and I'll just wake up whenever I wake up. So I do that. I try. I turn off the lamp. I turn. I you know make sure my the different doors are closed, the bathroom doors closed, and the lights off. And then I close the last door. But something happened. I realized I hadn't shut out all the light. I had tried to create the conditions for darkness. But then once I shut that last door, 
all of a sudden I realized there is some crazy bright light in here. And I'm like, where is this coming from? First, I was a light. There was a temptation to be a little annoyed. But then once I saw it, there is this overwhelming gratitude. I looked back behind me, kind of behind, like in the uh, above the door before the steps down to my bed. And there is this number 23. It's the light from the thermostat that is shining. It's no small. It's the, the, the letters or the where the numbers are no bigger than the palm of my hand. Like for real, no bigger. And it is creating this intense light throughout this room. Like it was crazy to think of, wow, darkness actually revealed a light I didn't notice before. Darkness revealed a light I didn't notice before. It lit up the room. Its presence was so much stronger and more noticeable in the darkness. And I'm and I'm I'm in a I'm I'm amazed. This is happening real quick. I'm explaining this slowly, right? But this is happening so fast. I'm amazed. But remember, I'm also very sleepy. And I am, you know, in this, I'm noticing all this so quickly. And in this haze, I guess, if you will, in my mind, I remember this word. I remember. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And instinctively, there's this knowing. I don't know if you've ever felt that knowing deep down. Like, it didn't all come that easy. It was just, at first, I think it was like a broken sentence. It was like, the light shines in the darkness. And then there was this deep knowing of, oh, that's scripture. That's like the word of truth. And so then I Googled in my phone, and I'm seeing like, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And I just... I'm undone because I realized the gift that God had just given me. The Lord had just given me a sign, a very visual picture of hope. <laughs> Literally in the, I guess, like the fourth quarter, if you will, of the sabbatical, like the last second, if you will, God had given me this picture, this very vivid picture of hope that I would never forget. I will never forget. I wish you could be there with me in that moment to see this huge room, this nice size room be so exposed by this very little light. In that moment, three truths were exposed to me, were illuminated, if you will. <laughs> One, it's that light is always present. Two, darkness cannot overcome light. And three, your presence, my presence may seem insignificant at the moment, but if you step into a situation dark enough, you'll light up that room with what you carry. I need to say that again. Your presence, my presence may seem insignificant at the moment, but if you step into a situation dark enough, you'll light up the room with what you carry. You are necessary. Who cares if you are the only light? That moment in that room exposed, it exposed and annihilated so many lies and wrestles I had been struggling with about my significance and about the difference I could make in such a pain-filled, unjust, unkind, ruthless, broken world that we live in. Like, God, who am I? And also, where? what are you doing? Where are you? I had mistakenly thought that just because the darkness was deep, just because there was a lot of it, that the light was being overcome. But we know in John 1, 5, it says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. 
it is incapable of doing so. Darkness will not prevail. It cannot suffocate the light. I saw my life in that light. I hope you see your life in that light. This small, seemingly insignificant thing in this room was drastically pushing back the darkness. So live, my friend, live and remain, remain in union with Christ. And as you do, I'm sure you're going to push back darkness. I want to wrap up our time with a reflection and an application. Two points I want you to really get. The first is this. Immerse yourself in the word. Immerse yourself in the word. In Romans 8, 6, it says a mindset on the flesh leads to death while a mindset on the spirit leads to life and peace. See, that moment in that room where truth becomes exposed to me through this visual imagery, that doesn't happen apart from the word of God also being brought back up from my spirit. I hadn't recently meditated or spent time or ingested John chapter one. That's coming from back. That's coming from going back. That was hidden deep in my heart a while back. And then the Holy Spirit brought it back up to the surface. I'm going to deviate here for a second. In a previous podcast episode that I would encourage you to listen to, it was so good. I did an interview with a, with Pastor John Garland. And in that, and in, I think it was maybe our first episode together, he talked about the need for connection and resistance. I would say when I'm saying to you, immerse yourself in the word, I'm talking about connection. I'm talking about the need and the power of setting our minds on spiritual things, setting our mind on the work of Christ, setting our minds on who Christ is, putting our putting the light of Christ before us and saying, I know I know I'm seeing all this darkness in the earth. I know I'm seeing all this all these things that are reason for depression, anxiety, pain, fear, control, manipulation, all these things. I'm seeing it, but I'm fixating my eyes upon your truth and I'm fixating my my gaze upon who well, what you've proclaimed to be real about yourself. You are a provider. You are good. You do see the pain. You are present in the midst of it. You do see you are not just high and lifted up and up there and distant and disinterested, but you dwell with you are present to the needs of your people. You are on the side of the poor. You are not distant and disinterested. You see the pain. You see my pain and to meditate and to and, and to ingest and to welcome in the narrative and truth of scripture. Sherry, I think I might want to um, uh, maybe like reduce that or make that a little bit uh, said more succinctly. So I'll try and say it again. And maybe you can piece this together a little bit for it to not be too long here. This part. When I'm saying immerse yourself in the word, I'm talking about connection. I'm not just talking about reading scripture for the sake of reading scripture or memorizing it for the sake of memorizing it. I'm talking being connected to the living, breathing word of God, Christ, who is the word, Christ, who is the light, who is our source of light. Romans 8, 6 says a mindset on the flesh leads to death while a mindset on the spirit leads to life and peace. If we are not fixing our eyes upon the work of God, upon the nature of God, upon the covenant of God, 
and how this story ends according to truth revealed in the word of God. If we don't remember and remind ourselves of the hope and the way this story ends, then we, then we are allowing ourselves to be led to, to destruction. That word says that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's where our enemy wants to lead us. That's where meditating on the things of the flesh lead us. Because it's painful out here. It's painful. I remember telling the Lord one day um, while I was on sabbatical to keep my mind like set on him because I don't like where I go. Like when my mind is not set upon him, if I'm when I'm not gazing upon him, man, the path that I go just leads me to more pain and uncertainty. It just leads to more destruction. So we need to meditate on the things of the spirit. And this, beloveds, is not an escape. It's not an escapism. It's not a let me just hold out for heaven and 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 hold on hold on to that and do nothing. No, it's not an escape. It's actually power to engage. Christ is sending you out to be light in the darkness. But first, the light needs to shine on you. In that same way that moonlight was shining upon me in the canyons, the light needs to shine on you first. In that podcast episode with John, like I said, he talked about connection, but then he also talked about resistance, that it's both. Both spiritual disciplines are needed, connection and resistance. Resistance in, in this context is me telling you, get in dark rooms. Get in dark rooms. Cling to the light and with that light, resist darkness. Remember, I didn't even recognize the power and potency of the light that was present with me in the room until the room got dark. And some of you don't really know who you are or what you carry or what you're called to do and you're wrestling and you're just, you're, but you're shriveling up afraid. You were unwilling to go into dark places and be the light of Christ. Get into dark rooms, resist the enemy. Resist the devil. We have been called to join in with Christ and destroying the works of the devil. That's what we've been called to do. Let me give you some verses that I think could stir you. Proverbs 31, 9 says, Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. Luke eleven forty two says, Woe to you, Pharisees, for the for you tithe mint and, and rue and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. First John three eighteen says, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. And then I'm so struck by in Luke 19, Jesus says of Zacchaeus, he says, it says that today salvation has come to this house. Shortly after Zacchaeus, after being convicted by Christ, begins to say, hey, I'm about to pay back all that I owe, all the people that I have wronged, all the injustice that I have done, all the pain I've caused the poor, all the way that I've thieved, I've connived, I have like swindled, I have, I have like been sly and I have used I have used my intellect. I have used my emotions to abuse other people. I have used I, my, I have willed the pain of other people. Now Zacchaeus has been convicted and he's going, I'm going to make right these wrongs that I've participated in. And Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. 
Get in dark rooms, beloved. Immerse yourself in the word. That's about connection, right? You've got to, the light has to be exposed to you. The light has to shine on you, but then go get in dark rooms because it's not just about clinging to the light. It's about resisting the darkness. Darkness will not prevail. The gates of hell shall not prevail. That's what Christ spoke about his church. So go and be that in the world. Resist. Where is Christ calling you to resist? And how is Christ calling you to connect? What do those things look like? Because that plea, that sonic prayer that John Guerra was praying when he wrote that song, Let a Little Light In, that doesn't happen first without the work of Christ, but it also doesn't happen without the participation of the people of God. So we can both pray that prayer, God, let a little light in. But then we also need to go and be that prayer, the answer to that prayer. For the many that are crying out and saying, God, let a little light in. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, I am deeply grateful. I hope this episode resonated with you. And if it did, help us out by sharing this episode and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Most importantly, reach out to let me know how you're engaging with this episode and what topics you'd like to see covered in the future. You can connect with us on social media or get in touch with me directly at Gabrielle at returningtojoy.com to share your heart. I'll see you in two weeks for a new episode.